Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 110 of the Citrix Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. I've only got uh, only got one guest with me today, but uh, a very important guest, and honestly, a good friend of Zintegra's and the Citrix community, Jeremy Myers. Jeremy, what's your official title these days? My official title is Senior Sales Engineering Manager for the commercial team in the Southeast and East Central. So if there's an acronym, it's a mouthful, but yeah, that's that's what I do these days. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes it's better just to say it than to come up with an acronym. <laughs> that is so true. Um, yeah, you and I were just talking about things at Citrix and how things are going. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said, right? You're talking about building culture and community and maintaining and maintaining culture and community. I think that's a lot of people are about good about building stuff, but not maintaining stuff. And I think uh, it's one of the things that looks like your team has done a good job of, of, of working on and, and keeping together over there. I, I would agree. It's something I like to call same pageness, right? It's, we're all on the same page. We all like what we do and just maintaining that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's parts of, there's parts of the IT world that I see that happening and parts I don't. Um, mm-hmm. Goes to you guys for that. Um, all right. So the blog that we are covering today is uh, yet another one uh, by Steve Bills, uh, Bells. Um, uh, this one is yet another one in the line of, uh, features explained. So Citrix features explained from May 9th, adaptive auth and access in the Citrix secure private access and access in Citrix secure private access. So, uh, you want to give us just a intro into what adaptive, why this blog exists and why we need to explain adaptive auth. Yeah, I'm actually pretty excited about this one. So adaptive auth is um, a few things from the on-prem world that we've had for a while, things that have been a part of like the on-prem ADC for a while that have made it into you know the cloud service. So listen, we got a lot of options around authentication um, inside of the you know workspace today. So you know, if any of you guys are very familiar with how that works, you know, you can go pick you know, a list of authentication options when you're configuring it. In fact, we just added one last week um, around Google as an IDP, which is pretty slick. But, you know, I think what a lot of folks have used in the past are things around device posturing and, um, you know, secure our smart access and uh, being able to provide some level of contextual access based on, based on some of those policies. And we have made that and integrated that into the cloud now. So that's a service that anyone with DAS Premium which was CVAD service premium in the past. So talking about some versions that yeah, you got access to. So it's something that if you're a customer today, you can go turn on and start using. Um, but what's new about that is it also works with SPA. So secure private access. Um, we can front end secure private access with that same adaptive authentication service, which again, completely hosted by Citrix. And it's basically, it opens up anything you can throw authentication wise at the solution adaptive authentication can handle. And that's pretty exciting. So I guess I'm, I guess maybe I'm starting to understand it. So adaptive auth is auth that can understand variables real time and make determinations based on those variables. Um, it, it can. So it's a combination of a couple of different things, right? So it is, um, it's definitely for sure that front end login point, but being able to, you know, consume things like um, security analytics to make some of those real-time decisions uh, is a part of it. I'm not going to say that that is all of the way there yet, but I think, you know, especially from an initial, um, you know, an, as an initial solution, it's being able to turn on multi-factor right out of the cloud, being able to do the posture scanning, you know, what we used to call endpoint analysis, 
you know, out of the cloud, doing some of that contextual policy driven off out of the cloud. So for instance, being able to pass tags back into your, your, your DAS platform to say, Hey, because you didn't pass your EPA, you can't see certain apps, you know, things like that. Um, and, and then honestly, just having a custom login page, which is pretty slick too. So, you know, you've got a lot of the functionality we've had in ADC is the adaptive auth. I mean, just being very transparent, you know, it's Netscaler, it's front-ending adaptive auth. So a lot of what we could do on-prem is now in the cloud as a service. And it's not just limited to virtual app and desktop and app publishing. It's all a lot of the Citrix services. Correct. Right. So, I mean, so be specific. What, what are you What are you thinking? Uh, well, I mean, secure private access, the, uh, the, uh, all the zero trust related things that are typically more thought of at a network layer that Citrix has gotten into and brought into the application world. So, I mean, I would say this is, this is very much a big part of the zero trust solution. So when we talk about adaptive authentication, um, that is that contextual access, that is the posturing, that is feeding into the analytics engine. I mean, that all makes up the zero trust approach, but it is front-ending your virtual apps. It is front-ending those SaaS apps that are not being delivered through like a Zen app, Zen desktop, or DAS service, but everything yeah. else as well. Yeah. So when you hit workspace, so when I type in my workspace URL, before I'm allowed to hit any of that application stuff, I can take you through this authentication process, which can be pretty, pretty granular. And then I can keep looking through, you know, security analytics. And if something changes or seems, uh, all, um, you know, out of whack, I can then inject some type of additional new policy on the fly. Uh, well, security analytics will do that for you. So a lot of that, um, you know, in process or I guess in session, um, you know, that happens from security analytics. So, for instance, you know, once you're in your session, um, you know, we can do things like, if you're doing something that requires that you're doing from, you know, for instance, um, uh, I just had a good one. Um, you know, something that you, maybe you're downloading files too often. You got a security analytics engine. I mean, the security analytics might kick off like a session, you know, session recording session, right? So that's not necessarily adaptive auth. At that point, you're inside of security analytics, which is taking some of those proactive actions. But adaptive auth is really sort of the front door into the solution. And then once you're in, Security analytics takes over a lot of the posturing in session and can take some proactive actions as well. So is that would that be considered part of adaptive auth or is auth all about that entry into the system? Um, it's really more about auth into the in, entry into the system, you know, out of the game. So in Steve's blog here, he talks about how adaptive auth works to improve access security. I mean, is that basically what we've been discussing? That is what we've been discussing, right? So I'm looking through this right now. Um, I mean, just imagine in a hybrid scenario, um, you could be connecting from a corporate device. You could be connecting from some sort of personal device, a BYO device. And so, you know, in the past with Workspace in particular, there really was no good way of, you know, deciphering between the two, unless you used a certain, you know, you put an ADC in your data center or in the cloud. He said, hey, I'm going to use that for authentication. Now we're sort of precluding that and saying, hey, you know what? We get the service that will do that instead. And so we can take different, could posture that device differently and do everything out of the cloud um, as opposed to having to stand up your own ADCs, which a lot of folks, to be personally honest, don't want to manage. So, Jeremy, to put that in perspective, if I look mm -hmm. around where I'm standing right now, I've got my Windows um, machine, which is Windows Enterprise 10 
uh, mm-hmm. which is joined to my Azure AD. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a Lenovo laptop running um, iGel OS. Mm-hmm. Computer in front of me is an all-in-one uh, running iGel OS, mm-hmm. um, LG all-in-one. The one beside me is a, a, a 10-plus-year-old laptop running Chrome OS for the nonprofit that I have. And then the one behind me is a... Um, is a, uh, um, a Microsoft Surface Go uh, running, you know, Windows. I literally have used all three of those to access my Citrix environment today. Yep, it's crazy. It is so crazy. Also, if we're comparing devices, so I've got um, a Surface Laptop Studio. I think that's what they call this. Anyways, it's the next iteration of the Surface Book um, that I primarily work from. I also have a Surface Pro that I'll travel with. And occasionally, just so I can relate to folks, I'll pull out my MacBook and connect using that. But, you know, being able to say, you know, posture each of those devices and provide different tiers of access, depending on what you're connecting from and maybe the, you know, maybe what from an EPA scan returns. Um, I mean, listen, it's it's pretty powerful. Uh, but, you know, honestly, one of the, the simplest ones is just internal external access, right? So the idea that maybe I force a multi-factor for external, but not internal is one of the simple use cases we get asked about all the time from a workplace workplace perspective workspace perspective and the only way to do it today was to stand up your own adc to do something like that yeah, yeah. And now they stay simple and they're doing that with the look i've got lots of customers with mm-hmm. net scalers adcs that they own that have never made it to the um um the secure auth um world mm-hmm. now they can because it's a much simpler service that they never have to learn how to set up on their own Yep, that's that's correct. Now, what you what you get, and I'm not sure if this, I'm not sure if this article gets into it. So let's scroll down here a little bit. I think this is probably what I just hit on. So why adaptive access is important for security. So part of the adaptive access story is is definitely what you see here, right? So we're looking at policies that seem to be probably more security analytics, but yeah. But anyways, in this case, you know, we're logging in with adaptive access as the front end. And once we're in, you know, being able to feed some of that data into security analytics and then being able to leverage security analytics for some of that in-session posturing is is pretty powerful. And as far as configuring that for the administrator, you truly are going into your Citrix portal Mm -hmm. and turning that on and then saying what applications, what workflows you're going to protect. For for what the adaptive access or we're we're looking at um we're talking specifically adaptive access. So when you go turn on the service, um, first of all, there's a new option inside of a workspace authentication uh, where you can enable adaptive authentication. And what it does the first time out, it'll walk you through a workflow just deploying the service itself. And so, I mean, under the hood, it's Netscaler, and so that's what that's what's being enabled and turned on. Uh, once it's deployed, um, version one of this is very much um, a Netscaler UI, right? So, you know, once you're once you're in, you're given an IDP or a um, an IP address to connect to. So you're basically logging into a Netscaler your first time out, and you do have access to the uh, to the interface. But uh, in, in this case, you've, you've got a pair. Citrus is doing a lot of the uplift and keeping it patched. Um, version 1.0 of this is definitely an ADC UI, but over time, I think that'll change to be a little bit more streamlined. 
So I guess maybe um. So okay, so let's just walk through the sections real quick. Make sure I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. So how adaptive auth works to mm-hmm. improve access security. This is the user experience side, is what Steve's showing here, right? That's what he's showing. Yep. So the user has typed in um, the workspace URL, and in this case, we've got workspace configured to leverage adaptive auth. So just again going back into those configuration options, and so it'll send you to the service and walk through an authentication flow based on whatever you've got teed up. So it could be as simple as just AD and two-factor. That's it. And that's okay too. But you can get pretty granular um, using, if you're familiar with some of the in-factor flows, I mean, you can make this as granular as you need it to be. Now, if I don't have the deployed agent on my endpoint, am I going to automatically fall into some less less trusted um, bucket? Is, or does it it can be. If you've got a bucket for specifically that, right? So if you are tiering your access um, and you've got a bucket for just that default, you're you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Okay. And then the next section, it's titled Why Adaptive Access. Well, help me understand the difference between adaptive access and adaptive auth. Is that just interchangeable words there or is there a difference? No. So adaptive auth is that front door authentication piece and adaptive access is, you know, once you've connected, that's the piece that's constantly sort of posturing you in session um, Mm -hmm. and potentially updating your, your risk score as well. Okay. So that's where the um, security analytics would kick in and Mm -hmm. decide if things are where they should be all along the way. Correct. Yep. Okay. And then the last section here, it just says uh, enable flexible access security with Citrix secure private access. Is that just helping us understand how to go turn it on? Um, no, it's really just more of a it's really just more of a statement that says, you know, regardless of what your security posture is, you know, what what your requirements are, um, this really does open it up so we can support whatever scenario that you're talking about, right? So, um, you know, for instance, if you've got a mix of access based on user group. You've got a access based on you know device posture. Um, you know I think we were a little bit limited in the past in terms of what we can enable cloud native, uh, and this turns all that flexibility on. Right. So like I said, we don't need necessarily need an ADC on prem to support this. Uh, you can do this in the cloud, and I mean if you're a DAS premium customer today, you already have this. You just have to go turn it on and start leveraging it. Is this where we should give? Uh... The sysadmins out there, the warning of you know, doing a test environment, doing a sandbox first, or should we just go turn it on? Um, so <laughs> the nice thing about this, I, w- I would not disagree with you, Andy. We talk about this a lot. I think every customer should have a test dev environment. In fact, you can do that with your your environment today. You could carve out some licenses to be test dev. Um, uh, but having said all that, you can enable the service. Um, you can actually go through the process of getting familiar with it without turning it on um, is an authentication uh, authentication mechanism. So for instance, you got a lot of options when you log into your workspace config and say, hey, what do I want to use? AD, AD with token, Okta, Azure AD, dot, 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 Google, Google these days. One of those is a, adaptive uh, authentication. So you can turn that on and configure it, but until you actually go say, hey, I want to use this, it's not going to do anything, right? So you're not going to, you're not going to monkey with anything. Yeah, okay. I think that's covered it. I appreciate you jumping on. I know you, you're talking about your team was uh, doing some labbing of this stuff up. How'd that go? It went pretty good. In fact, uh, this past week, we went through this with a customer and they have a um, um, they have a use case where they needed to use Duo, Radius on-prem. And so we've gotten that configured with adaptive authentication. So 
I, mean, I think a lot of folks would say Radius is a little, little old, and yet, you know, we got a lot of customers using it, and it's completely supported. And so we've gotten that working. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's not bad. It's pretty easy. All right, sir. Well, I appreciate you jumping on and covering this with me, and uh, you know, spend a little bit of your Monday sharing the sharing the knowledge. Sure, Andy. Anytime. See you next Monday. All right, man. Thank you. Yep.